It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today with J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning. Our lines are open. 1850-333-103. Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this morning. If there's something you want to raise on the show or comment on something we're discussing, you can call Bernie and Sadie. 1850-333-103. Or text or WhatsApp 086-2103-103. You can email JP at c103.ie or indeed tweet at c103cork. And ahead on the show this morning, and I think this is something that affects everybody here living in the Cork area. We are uh, by far the most uh, commuter county because of the fact that we have a, a, a huge county here uh, spreading from Mitchellstown in the far north uh, down to the islands over to Yall up to Newmarket and the majority of us don't have access to public transport like they would in other major areas of maybe you could say Dublin or other areas of Europe but because of that we depend on our car and it seems now the cost of running a car is going to increase we've a number of leaks this morning coming out from the budget uh, that will take place next month and within that is the cost of running a car. Now, if you're going to buy an average new car, you could see the price rise by €1,000. But we could see diesel prices. If you drive a diesel car or van or whatever, diesel prices may increase and be at one level now with petrol prices. We're going to discuss that this morning with Barry Adwart of the AA. Your views to welcome on the fact that do you think we need to go in this direction? Some people feel with everything going on with our climate, we do need to look at a electric and move away from diesel to petrol to hybrid and electric are you one of those that has moved or like so many others when it comes to thinking about even electric the infrastructure is not there where do you charge your car it's very well if you live in an area whereby you have your own driveway maybe you can install an actual charger in your particular home on a driveway but if you're living in a housing estate and we have not we have heard from people who have tried this in the past and unfortunately the charger the public charger that is might not work it could be damaged and they find themselves in a situation where they can't charge their particular car in where they want to charge it because physically the the unit is isn't working and that turns people off looking at electric so with all of that in place and the lack of public transport is it unfair then that they talk about increasing these type of taxes which will increase the cost of running a car would it not be better to put the infrastructure in place first and then look at the tax and 
increase in the cost of running a car to get people using public transport and looking at the green alternative. But not much point looking at an alternative if it's not there. Anyhow, your views are welcome on that this morning, 1850-333-103. Also, uh, staying with the theme, I suppose, of uh, transport and cars and all of that, pay parking in our towns. Many towns over the last number of months have suspended pay parking, but should it return? That's the question. More towns now have confirmed they will leave pay parking alone. They won't bring it back for another few months, uh, some even until next year. But uh, should it return and are towns losing out revenue-wise on this or uh, are towns losing out from the fact that people can't get parking or is it the opposite? Are towns benefiting? We got a call uh, yesterday afternoon from Jimma who was asked asking about towns where pay parking was suspended and is due to come back. One of those towns is Bandon, so we'll discuss that on the show this morning. Uh, your views are welcome on pay parking. Uh, do you agree and do you favour that when pay parking isn't in a town, it makes it easier? People support the local town more because they're not worried about getting a ticket or uh, would you rather have pay parking in your local town? Discussing that later on the show. Also, you would have heard over the last number of weeks and indeed months from people who had a seat on their local school bus to travel into their local town to go to secondary school. But unfortunately, this year they have lost out. It happens every year, but more so again this year. And because of COVID-19 and the fact that students most social distance on buses and the public transport network that runs the school transport that they were to provide more buses. They are still trying to do that and recruit drivers for those extra buses. But because of all of that, uh, students are losing out on a seat on the bus. And that is a knock-on effect then for parents uh, because parents are working and they then must work around their work days to get their child to school. Anyhow, we'll hear and we'll speak uh, from those affected in the Fermoy area this morning because areas outside Fermoy such as Ballyhooley and Ballyno, Kilworth, they are hearing and we're hearing from them but they're seeing the fact that their child has lost their place. It could also go back to an issue we spoke about many years ago on the show uh, even before when I was working on the show, well before that, it would be back to 04, 05 when homes were being built during the so-called boom in those areas and villages outside main towns. And now uh, families that have bought those particular homes, their children now are at that age whereby they are going to secondary school. But because of the demand that is from those particular villages, it basically, and COVID-19, the demand and supply isn't meeting. And that's why we're in this situation also where kids are not able to get a seat on our school bus. Anyhow, uh, your views if you're affected by that we're hearing from the Fermoy area this morning. I know other areas of the county have been affected as well. Let us know. Text or WhatsApp 86 2103 103. Also, our Garda file this morning We'll be joined by Sergeant John Kelly of Fermoy Garda Station uh, with a look at this week's crime file. And if you have a pet in your household, you have a question about, well, our resident vet, Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket will be along after 12.30. So any questions you have for Jane, get them into us across the morning. You can email jp at c103.ie or indeed you can always call Bernie or Sadie 1850 333 Your views are welcome. And I see a lot of calls and texts as well in relation to COVID and indeed what could happen. And this is going back to yesterday's news. Um, Yesterday evening, we had a confirmation of 254 confirmed cases of COVID-19. Seven of those were in Cork. So here in Cork, we're we're doing okay when it comes to the the overall figure. But 136 of those uh, were in Dublin. And because of that, now Nefesh are looking at Dublin and it seems that... 
from next week, Dublin is facing three weeks of the new COVID-19 restrictions. These are the levels we spoke about over the last number of days. And it seems that Dublin could be a cutoff from the rest of the country. Uh, expected uh, from Neffet is a recommendation to enforce the level three restrictions across the entire county of Dublin. Uh, some will say it could cause further economic damage to the country's overall economy. But health chiefs then, uh, they're saying they're watching this and they are concerned with Dublin that this probably needs to happen. But uh, they're also concerned with trends emerging from other counties such as Louth, Waterford and Donegal. Now, Waterford were doing very well over the last number of weeks and months, but uh, I suppose it's an ever-changing situation. Uh, and they're the other three counties that they're looking towards. So level three, what will it mean for Dubliners? Well, it will mean basically that none of them will be able to leave their particular county uh, for non-essential journeys. Also, people living in other counties didn't. So if you thought you could go to Dublin, you can't. You won't be allowed into Dublin unless it is for work, education or another essential purpose. And people living in Dublin then will be asked to work from home. So that's what could happen in Dublin next week is what we are hearing. And Neffet are recommending that. And also yesterday at that particular briefing, uh, there's concerns because they reckon that COVID-19 is on course to strike up to 1,000 people a day in just a month amid a growing alarm about the resurgence of the virus. Not only in Dublin, though, they're looking at the numbers in other counties and how slowly the numbers in other counties across Ireland are increasing. And that is a concern from Neffet, as they mentioned yesterday. I know that we spoke about and we will speak shortly on the cost of running a car that comes from some leaks that are coming out from the budget. And while people are angry, at that carbon tax is one of the reasons why we will see an increase in running a car because of fuel and it seems that carbon tax will increase by 6 euros to 36 euros per tonne in this year's budget and that move will as I said drive up fuel for your your car your truck or whatever but it also will increase home heating and with that then people are asking about you know it's, it's dear enough people feel and with the winter months coming in people do worry about any cost of increase when it comes to home heating I mean outside of that if trucks and vans and couriers are going to see an increase that will be passed on too uh, with other supplies such as food we could see an increase overall uh, with other products due to an increase in carbon tax so the finance minister Pascal Dunahu said that he planned to repeat the changes he made to carbon tax in the last budget which saw it rise by 6 euro a so expect things to go up when you look at fuel and home heating and then the knockoff effects. Will that have a, an impact on the likes of groceries and other things that we depend on this country to get delivered around our various counties? But also staying with that, uh, some good news from these particular leaks is that homeowners will avoid any hike in property tax and people living in new homes will pay nothing for at least another year when it comes to the local property tax. It's been deferred for the fourth time, meaning there will be no uh, changes in 2021 so some good news there when it comes to the the local property tax which of course Uh, people have mixed views over you're paying that but are we seeing any return I would say for the majority of people no we're paying this particular local property tax but we're not seeing the return we should see for the amount people are paying and on the housing situation it seems we're never going to I don't know are we ever going to catch up with what we need by Uh, the way of supply in this country but only half the number of homes needed for families and young couples will be built this year Uh, a report has been carried out over the last number of months and it has revealed that 36,000 new homes will be required every year that's every year to meet the demands 
over the next two decades. Uh, but figures that have come out from the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland, that in, they indicate that only around 18,000 uh, will be finished by the end of this particular year. And that's down from 21,000 homes last year. So for those, even though people are saying house prices should be okay now because of the fact that they're, you know, COVID is going on, people aren't looking at buying homes or prices may be stable. It seems not overall. And there's still, and I have seen this myself in a, where I live, uh, in a city suburb, there was a house up for sale recently and there was queues. Now, they were all social distancing, but there was queues uh, to see this particular house. And that was only two weeks ago, whereby you would have had 15, 16, 17 people queuing up for an open viewing. More probably as time went on. Now, there were social distancing and I suppose that's what made the queue look longer than, than what it was. But there was still uh, at the peak of the viewing over 20 people uh, waiting to go in and look at this particular house. Uh, so, you know, when you say there's there's no demand, the demand is still there and people do want to buy their homes. So when the demand isn't being met, then you get that situation where people panic and uh, then you have a situation where those who were receiving the COVID payment via work or on the COVID payment, they're finding it hard to get a mortgage. Even though the banks have come out and said they are looking into that, still people are finding it hard now uh, to get a mortgage. It's like during the recession when prices did dip for buying a house and they were low. Anybody who could and had a stable job at that time went to go and get a mortgage from a bank they simply couldn't so they couldn't go along and avail of those low prices you could get a mortgage then when the prices increased but for many the prices went up so fast that by the time you got the mortgage you missed out on your home that is still an issue regardless of what is happening with the particular global pandemic anyhow your views are welcome 1850-333-103 text or whatsapp 0862-103-103 and can I give a big mention and I know Simon has done this on the breakfast show and Barry's mentioned on news but we have spoken to James Sugru here on the programme over the past number of of uh, months and indeed over the last year he's been successful uh, with uh, his uh, achievements in golf uh, but we have to wish him the very best of luck today playing with some big names so he is in the US Open so best of luck to Mallow's James Sugru and I know we got a lot of calls yesterday afternoon and one particular call about an area of Mallow where the public lighting was not working I'll get back to those calls we did make inquiries on that and I'll bring that to you across the show 1850-333-103 lines open text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 103 People buying new cars could see the price cr- increase for the car purchase of over €1,000. The government's tax strategy group wants to overhaul the vehicle registration tax ahead of October's budget and also uh, other measures are being discussed in regards to carbon tax and fuel. Barry Aldworth of the AA joins me to discuss this this morning. Good morning to you, Barry. Good morning, JP. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, and thanks for joining us. I suppose this comes on the back, first of all, of a report in this week's Irish Independent, and it seems that buyers of new cars, uh, who are just in in line with the average emissions, that they will pay more now for tax, a bit like the polluter will pay more on the road, Barry. Yeah, essentially, there's a lot to unpack in what is being reported in the moment, and I think to a certain extent... We all probably knew changes of this nature were coming. We know that there is a need, obviously, for climate change reasons to reduce our reliance on fossil fuel-powered vehicles, encourage more people to try electric vehicles and use them as part of their day-to-day commuting, and to move away where possible from a private car to using more sustainable forms of transport. I think the concern you have with this is it's very easy to 
look at urban Ireland and say, well, this would work, and in doing so, forget about rural Ireland, which is still very, very reliant on the private car to allow people to get to work, get to college, get about their day-to-day lives. And I think one of the concerns with what is being recommended by the tax strategy group is that you could put a significant economic burden on rural Ireland which has already faced significant economic hits as a result of the COVID outbreak. Yeah, I mean, really, they should look at the alternatives first and sort that out before increasing or bringing in measures like this. I mean, one thing that I discussed earlier on our breakfast show when we were previewing the show was people I know who work in Carrick too. And I know you're a Corkman yourself, so you'll be aware of the geographic locations of those places in Cork. So in Carrick too, uh, there's a number of factories. The train station is about a 30-minute to 20-minute walk from those particular factories. They are looking at setting up a new train station located on that particular site. But it hasn't happened as yet. It's been spoken about for the last four or five years or maybe more at this stage. And also then en route to that particular area, you could have mini stations in Tivoli and other areas and then people would use those particular networks. But they're not there to use, so we have no other choice but to go and drive our car to work. Absolutely. You've you've hit the nail on the head. We know with public transport and you can look at the success of bus networks where they exist and where they run well, you can look at the success of the Lewis Network in Dublin. We know that where you build good quality, reliable public transport, people are more than happy to use it. I think if you were to survey people across the country, you would find a very small percentage of people who would say they actively enjoy sitting in traffic on a Monday morning. I think people would much prefer a, a form of commuting which works for them, gets them to work on time, and really kind of is something that's a bit more stress-free. But right now, because there has been, and look, this is not just this government, it's a history of past governments as well, there has been a a long-term failure of proper investment and building of public transport infrastructure, particularly in rural Ireland, which has left people overly reliant on the private car. And I think much of what the tax group has said is, about adopting a carrot and a stick approach to encourage people to more sustainable forms of transport. I worry in what we know about the recommendations to date, and look, there may be more information to follow, but I worry that they have fallen too in love with the stick and forgotten about the carrot, which is going to encourage people to those methods and forgotten even to provide the more sustainable methods for a lot of people in Ireland. Yeah, that is the worry for a lot of people because in this report they talk also about the lower excise on diesel that we currently have. That could be phased out and then it would bring diesel and petrol prices in line with each other. Usually at the moment, Barry, we know diesel prices are cheaper than petrol. That could change. That's then an added cost for those who drive diesel cars. But overall, if carbon tax is going to increase as well as they say it will in the budget next month, that will drive up prices even more. Absolutely. And I think you you do have to look at the impact that tax changes can have on people. And you really also have to look at why we have so many diesel cars in Ireland. The reason we have quite a lot of diesel drivers is that past governments incentivized people to purchase diesel cars. And look, they did that following what they believed was the best scientific advice at the time. That changed. We, We now know more and we know that kind of in hindsight, it was a mistake to encourage people towards diesel in the extent that we did. Probably still the best option for those who do very high mileage, but we encouraged, in hindsight, too many to go with diesel cars. But what we know from that is that incentives work. If you go to people who need a car as part of their day-to-day life 
and you incentivize some aspect of it, be it a diesel car as we did in the past or an electric car in the future, people will go and they will change how they commute in order to take advantage of those incentives where they are beneficial for them and where they work. I think something we've always argued with governments on this issue is increasing the tax of diesel only affects those who tried to do the right thing previously. They followed your previous advice, they bought a diesel car as you recommended, and now you are almost punishing them for that with additional taxes. And I think additional taxes on diesel won't necessarily encourage people away from diesel cars either. If all you do is establish a price parity between diesel and petrol, for example, no one's going to give up their diesel car. If you want to look at something that would encourage people away from diesel, maybe it is increasing diesel, but maybe it's about reducing the excise on petrol as well. Bring petrol costs down so that people move away from diesel and certainly in the longer term, make more grants available for electric vehicles. Yeah, and they are looking at those particular incentives because the main reason for this outside of public transport is to get people moving towards electric rather than having petrol or diesel cars, I suppose, looking towards hybrid and then overall electric. But again, Barry, it goes back to the infrastructure. I mean, I know a guy who actually did purchase as a second car an electric car and it's very fine if you have your own driveway and you can put in the actual charger there. I mean, if you can do that, it's great and you can charge your car overnight or whatever. Uh, but for this particular guy, I know he lives in a housing estate. They had a public charger. So you basically had to wait until it was free to use it. First of all, that was OK. That wasn't too much of a worry. Uh, but the charger didn't work sometimes. It was damaged. There was an issue with it. Uh, so they couldn't rely solely on that. So when the battery was down in the car, it needed to be charged. And they were given warnings, obviously, like you do for petrol and diesel. The fuel is running low. They went along to the particular charger. It doesn't work. They're left without a, a way to charge their car unless they go driving somewhere else to charge it. That just turns uh, him and others in that particular estate off from buying electric. So where do we, I mean, where do we go? If they're pushing us towards green and go electric and give us all those incentives like they're talking about and they're even bringing down, I think, the road tax or the motor tax on electric cars uh, to 100 euro. Uh, you know, if, if you can't actually charge it, what's the point? That's the major issue they face. So there's pockets of Ireland which have good quality, publicly available electric charging points. We're not there yet by any stretch of the imagine by any stretch of the imagination, though, in making sure that there are enough charging points in Ireland for a large scale change to EVs. And we really need to get ahead of that. I think charging points being more visible and more readily available will actually boost people's confidence in the idea of changing to an electric car. If you know as part of your daily commute, for example, you know, I drive Mallow City Centre as part of work and God, I can't think of any time I've passed a charging point along that route. That then makes you think, well, I'm not going to go electric because I have that concern. And, you know, as you said, maybe I'm not in a position to get a, a home charging point installed. Whereas if you do that same commute and you see multiple EV charging points along that route, you then start to think, well, hold on, this could actually work for me if I went electric. So I understand that, you know, anything that that requires large scale investment, like we need an electric charging infrastructure, that money has to come from somewhere. But I think you have to strike a very delicate balance between imposing so much taxation on people because of their diesel or petrol vehicles that you actually make it a financial impossibility for them to look at purchasing a new car that they simply don't have the money there to do it. 
and then you potentially lengthen the transition period for them to get away from their petrol or diesel powered car. So absolutely, we need more electric charging points in this country. They need to be readily available. Potentially, we need to look at, you know, something like making sure that service stations across the country, as well as their garage and diesel pump, have EV facilities. But generally speaking, we need to make sure that people feel confident in the infrastructure. And that applies to both public transport and electric vehicles before we can really expect them to jump and make a change. And finally, Barry, with everything we've spoken about here uh, and the move to green, majority of groups like yourselves at AA do approach the government before budget and uh, submit a pre-submission uh, to them to say what route they should go. Given the leaks that have come out over the last number of days, do you approach the government now and say that a lot of what they are talking about is just not feasible in some areas of the county? Absolutely. I mean, look, we, we regularly liaise with government at budget time and really throughout the year anyway. But we will be talking to them about these things. You know, there's some good ideas there. There's, you know, obviously we know, as I say, that we need to do more to get people away from fossil fuels powered cars. But I think there's better ways of going about it than what is currently being proposed. So, look, we'll, we'll have more arguments with them. I'm sure they'll have their arguments with us. And hopefully we can meet in the middle ground with that, which actually works for both urban Ireland and rural Ireland, as opposed to creating a a divide, basically, where urban Ireland is being praised for its ability to go green and rural Ireland is being whipped because it hasn't been provided with the infrastructure to allow us to go green. Yeah, and again, people making the point and on WhatsApp saying, well, if you have a power cut, then how does that affect you when it comes to charging your car if you're left without power for three or four days? And that is a point that's been made over time when we speak about electric cars. Uh, briefly, um, before I let you go, Barry, on car insurance, are rates still on a high this year? We've got a few texts in uh, this morning when we said we're just discussing the issue of the cost of cars. People saying they've noticed their car insurance premiums are still high. They thought maybe that would level off, but they've seen an increase this year. Are you still noticing that? from your own operations? Uh, so it, it's largely individual. Now, if you look at the figures from the CSO, the Central Statistics Office, they are reporting that insurance prices are down on average by about 7% compared to this time 12 months ago. But there, there is always that caution when we talk about averages that, you know, if I have my head in the fire and my behind in the freezer, the average temperature is great, but neither, neither end of me is having an enjoyable experience. So with averages, there's always going to be outliers. There's always going to be people who are who are not seeing those drops or are seeing increases potentially. I think the advice we always give people, and you know, I'll hold my hands up here and say, even if you are an AA customer, shop around, make sure that you are being proactive and searching for quotes from different providers. You may think that, you know, look, I've been with this provider every year for the last 10 years. I'm sure they're giving me the best deal but you don't know what additional deals or offers other companies may have. So if you are seeing an increase, you are somewhat in a minority, well, not necessarily a minority, but you are certainly not seeing a decrease that the, that the average insurance customer is seeing at the moment. So if your insurance is going up, I would recommend that that person look at, their, at, look at shopping around, see what else is out there.
Okay, Barry, well, thank you for that. And we'll, we'll wait and what happens next month in the budget with all those supposedly changes that are supposed to come in anyhow for us commuters for the moment. Thanks for joining us this morning. That's Barry Adworth there from the AA. Your views and all of that regarding the cost of running a car, which looks like it could increase if those leaks we're hearing from the budget are to go ahead. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. On the issue of car insurance, Mike says, I agree uh, with Barry, do shop around. I got a premium for my car insurance uh, this year for €900. Euros. I did shop around. I got a cheaper for €750. Euros, so it is worth the shop around. While Julie's saying, uh, similar to what Mike has, she shopped around but went back to her own provider and they matched the price. So while she had a quote of €700 Euros, uh, and she got cheaper for 600 her current insurer uh, did match it in the end for 600 So she says, talk to the insurance companies and they, you could get yourself a cheaper deal. I know I was renewing my car insurance in the last week and it was, I felt it had increased over uh, the last year. I did shop around, but actually the price I got, and I'm with a broker, uh, the initial price I got was the cheapest. When I shopped around, everything was dearer. And when I went back to that particular broker, uh, they reduced it even further. Uh, when, you know, you just ask, uh, is there anything they can do? And sometimes they actually will say, I can actually lower that for you without you even asking, depending on who your broker is. So uh, I know Barry said to shop around, but also maybe ask questions. Can they do better? Uh, look at your benefits and that type of thing uh, going on. Also, what Julie and Micah says there on text to 0862103103. We'll- or today. On C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Staying on the issue of motoring, we have got calls in relation to free parking in towns over the last few days. Uh, yesterday afternoon, Jimma was in touch uh, and Jimma was saying, great news for Mallow, free parking there is to be extended until the 1st of March 2021. Absolutely delighted, says Jimma, uh, for people in Mallow and indeed the businesses in Mallow. But Jimma travels with work and she says at the moment she's restricted a lot the times due to COVID-19 and all of that but she still has to travel the odd week but now is asking about the return of pay parking in other towns some have suspended it for two months or three months that time limit is up uh, one of those towns is the town of Bandon and she's asking will pay parking return there other people are asking the same well uh, Councillor Sean O'Donovan uh, joins me on this particular issue good morning to you Sean Good morning, John Paul. You're actually going to raise this issue because how long has parking been, or pay parking been suspended now in Bandon? Um, it's suspended until the end of this month, uh, John Paul, so another two weeks. Um, it was initially, I suppose, suspended because of COVID, um, just to help the businesses get up and running. So I actually have a motion in for our next meeting, uh, which is next week, and I'm calling on the Cork County Council to suspend, the, suspend the pay parking in Bandon for another 12 months. I really feel this will give the businesses a chance to, I suppose, grow and recover from COVID. Um, I've been talking to several businesses and customers that are shopping in the town. Some of the shoppers have come back for the first time in a long time after swearing they'd never come back after being fined um, for overstaying their parking time or whatever. And one woman I suppose to read about at home, one woman in particular, she moved to do all her shopping in, uh, in Cork City, which is no good for Bandon. So I met her and she told me that she actually came back to Bandon and she had missed like going into the shop and someone calling her her first name and meeting her neighbours and all that sort of stuff. She just felt more homely and she's delighted that pay parking has been suspended and I suppose there's lots of that type of person, that type of shopper around Bandon, so that's what I'm trying to encourage to do. 
And the evidence, so you're saying, is there that more people are going back to conduct their shopping. But I know at the very start, not only in Bandon, but other towns, when the idea of pay parking was being spoken about, the big issue people were saying was, well, it will free up parking. Some people will park their car on the main street or in a parking spot, leave it there all day. It's blocking up then for people who want to come in and shop in the town. They felt there was nowhere to park. Are you afraid that could happen now if you leave the suspended? Or do you feel like that lady you spoke to, it would encourage people to shop? Well, it will encourage people to come back into Bandon, John Paul, because the traffic warden that's on duty, he's very good at his job. Um, and he will still be going around and checking on the cars along their, their parking. It still will be two-hour limit on, on the street parking, so cars will have to move or else they will be fined. But it's just, I think what really affected Bandon was you had a half an hour free parking when you arrived in Bandon to shop. And people were running around the town then. They weren't going for their coffee. They weren't browsing. They weren't kind of chatting or whatever. They were in and out within 30 minutes and that has certainly affected business so that's why I'm trying to reverse it I suppose and give people more time to shop in town and ultimately spend more money in the, in the town. Yeah so the two hour limit will still be there but the idea of going up to those pay parking machines and putting in your money and getting your ticket that will be gone you're saying? It will, it will and as I said like it isn't you know you're you're, you're going into Dickie's news agents and you're watching you're looking at your watch all the yeah. time you're afraid your time is up and you're just not comfortable and that isn't a good shopping experience for anybody, you know. And you mentioned there about that lady and meeting her neighbours. I mean, if you go in and meet somebody, which you can, then there's a the fact of you being rude because you're rushing out in case you, you get caught with the ticket. So there's that issue as well. Then what about the money, though, generated from pay parking? I mean, does that not go back into the town when, let's say, Bandon makes so much money or other towns as well from the pay parking? What happens with the revenue? Does that affect the town development or how does that work? Well, I suppose the, the money is pooled, we'll say, between all the towns that have pay parking, right? And it's divided back out between them again. But saying that, like, Bandon is the only town in West Cork, Clannacilty, Skibbereen, Domanwell, Bantry doesn't have pay parking. And they all, they always get um, money for their Christmas lights and all these other things. That's what the money from the pay parking in Bandon is coming from. So I'm sure Bandon won't be left wanting um, because pay parking is suspended. And what if those in, in charge come back and say you could be left wanting because the revenue isn't there coming from pay parking? Well, every town has to be treated equally, in, in my view. Um, there's no revenue from parking in Kilty near us, and they're, they're, they're getting revenue from county councils, so I can't see why Bandon won't benefit this very same. And what happens then with the parking machines? I mean, I know this is just to be suspended for another year. If it goes well, would you be looking and, and let's say there is an evidence that people are back shopping in Bandon. Businesses are finding it a lot busier. The town is busier as a result. I mean, it's just looking at Bandon itself. It's evidence looking around the town over the last few months. It is a lot busier than it ever has been considering that we're in this COVID situation. There is a lot more people on the streets and it seems busier anyhow. Uh, so would there be a condition to extend it further and then what happens with those machines are they just left there on the street well if, if I had my way pay parking would be gone I just don't agree with it in a small town when you can drive up to Cork City and park there all day in, in one of the, the the outlets like Dunn's or Man Point and any of those you don't pay for pay parking you don't pay for parking there um, I think it's very unfair in a small town if all towns were the same and we all had pay parking it would be a different story I think but, um, you know, let's let's see. I have the motion in for my next meeting. I just hope my fellow councillors will support me on it. And if they do, it'll be suspended until um, September next year, which is 12 months. And I certainly will be calling the council to take out the machines in, in the meantime. And uh, maybe some other town wants them. <laughs> 
I don't, I don't think Bandon does. Or would they just leave them there in case it comes back and rather than taking them out and putting them back in again, there'd be a cost on that? There would be a cost, I suppose, I think we have to look at it long term and yeah. I really think if you talk to any of the businesses in Bandon, I, I don't, there's very few of them in favour of pay parking, so... I think they should be taken out and let out really, to be honest with you. you know? And when you raise this motion and it gets passed, when does this continue then? When does the pay parking suspension continue? Does it have to go back to the council officials or is it enacted straight away? No, speaking to the chief executive, um, myself, it's up to the municipal district, so it's up to the six councillors for the area. And we'll be having our meeting in County Hall next week. Um, so I'm hopeful if it's supported that pay parking will be gone until this time next year again. Well, we'll wait and see what happens with that, Sean, for the moment. Uh, thanks for joining us and we'll see what happens with that particular meeting and uh, the outcome on Monday. But thanks for joining us. That is Councillor Sean O'Donnell. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Uh, County Councillor in the Bandon Kinsale area. Your views on pay parking? Uh, the evidence seemingly from Bandon anyhow is that while it's suspended uh, more people are shopping locally in the town. Likewise we haven't heard that from Mallow as well your views on that and, and for those who do travel around like Gemma who contacted us on that particular issue would you favour an end to the overall pay parking in local small towns? Your views are welcome 1850 text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Good morning to you 1850 Our lines are open. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Bernie and Sadie taking your calls to 1850-333-103. And a lot of people are reacting to what we spoke about with Barry Adderworth from the AA. This was in connection with the hikes we could see on the cost of running a car. If you're going to buy a car, the average new car could see the price increase by €1,000. But outside of that, with your existing car, diesel prices, they may increase they will be uh, could be in level with petrol prices and carbon tax is going to increase in the budget so all of that adding up uh, will increase the cost of running a car and while those in power do want us to go electric uh, a lot of people feel that and use public transport the majority of, of our callers as I outlined to Barry do feel if there was an alternative there they would use it people would use public transport if they could avail of it and indeed if it was common sense as in I know it's there 
uh, and we have trains running, we have buses running, but they're not going on, on all the routes that suit everybody. So while people use public transport, for a lot of people in society, it just makes no sense to, it would add on another hour on their day if they were to use an existing route to go to their workplace. So that's why people are saying we would use public transport if it was going in the correct direction, but many feel it's not. Also, people would use electric cars Again, if they could charge them on this, Meg is saying, I think what we need, JP, here in Cork is more park and ride sites and electric shuttle buses. Ideal sites would be for park and ride like Ballincollig and Carrick Tool and maybe electric shuttle buses uh, to the city then from outer towns, maybe like Bandon Mallow, that kind of a thing. Uh, thank you, Meg, on text to 0862103103. While John in Ballinhasic says, have we got enough in place, though, in the way of charging points for people with electric cars? If you are going 85 miles per day to work and home again, an electric car would be no good to you. They are only fit for people living in the city as fields John in Ballinhasic while Dermot in Carrigaline says I purchased diesel because of the incentives given 10 years ago by the government plus it's cheaper to run and Dermot then says diesel uh, overall when you go to any of the petrol pumps uh, diesel is cheaper to buy at the pumps and as I commute I get more value than I would for petrol so for me diesel makes more economic sense but the way the government are talking they want this to change but I can't change my car overnight I simply could not afford all of this so uh, this change if it does go ahead next month will have an impact on me and indeed on so many other families Nula in Bandon says I rely on our diesel car and get great value from this uh, to hear that they are now attacking diesel drivers is so wrong I live in a housing estate in Bandon I would go electric but I could not trust it at the moment I agree with what Barry has said from the AA Uh, he was speaking about the trust of the electric chargers and we don't see them visible on roadways and you don't see them in that many areas of Cork and also Nula making the point if we were all to ditch our diesel cars and purchase electric or purchase petrol or whatever with so many people who have been given pay cuts over the last number of months a lot of us simply cannot afford now to change cars not a mind uh, to go along and afford an increase in the cost of running a particular car uh, says Nula and and, uh, Megan who would agree with Nula on this in a very similar comment uh, says they have a second car it's diesel great value for money but also think about those of us who cannot get uh, our kids on the public school transport. We have to drive our children to and from school every day. We need our cars only for our uh, diesel car. Uh, I don't think I could survive because I live in an area outside of town and we don't have public transport. I need this particular car. If the cost goes up anymore for both of us running two cars in a household like many people have in my area, how are we going to manage? Uh, says Megan on text to 0862103103. Donald says diesel tax... Uh, away diesel tax away to high remember everything runs on diesel uh, looking at our cars our vans our trucks our tractors if it goes higher the country will grind to a halt uh, says Donald yeah and good point Donald we mentioned that the fact that uh, courier services trucks vans they all run on diesel as you say tractors I mean a lot of that is involved in food production and if that goes up you could see what has happened before uh, groceries there other items increasing slowly because diesel has increased that's having a knock-on effect then on the cost of producing a product and overall the consumer will end up paying that particular cost. Thank you Donald for your text. Some of your calls in relation to what could happen on the increase on the cost of running a car and indeed 
as we're speaking about cars, vans, trucks or whatever, it will affect everybody, especially those who have diesel. Thank you for your text on that. We'll stay in the parking and the uh, car theme because we did discuss pay parking uh, with Councillor Sean O'Donovan. Why Bandon want to suspend pay parking for another 12 months? He is a motion down for the council. We know Mallow has extended their suspension of pay parking until next year. Uh, People feel that with pay parking not active in a town, even though there could be still a rule of you have to move on within two hours, you can't have your car parked all day in a particular spot, you still have to uh, move along within the uh, two hour limit, but you don't have to be going to the meter and uh, paying for parking. So while the two-hour limit is still there, people feel overall it's have a positive effect and those who might have gone elsewhere to do their shopping have come back to towns like Bandon and like Mallow to do their local shop. Well, on that, a texter here is saying, good man to Sean O'Donovan, this is what Bannon badly needs, not hunting people out of the town due to pay parking. We need to get Bandon back on its feet and this should do it, says that particular texter. While Martin in Formoy, and this is something we discussed on the show last week, Martin, and this is how the town of Formoy Martin says has been invaded and taken over by bollards and grass where you could park your car before is just pure stupidity. Martin says it's unbelievable what has been done. What were the people involved thinking with these ridiculous things? You have to park now away from the town and walk to the shops, whereas before you could park on the street and be nearer to the shops. It could only happen in Fermoy, John Paul says Martin, in Fermoy on the issue that is happening there with the artificial grass, which we spoke about last week. Businesses not happy at that, taking away parking spaces and they feel it is having a negative effect on their business rather than a positive effect, which I think the council thought it would have, but it's gone the other way in Formoy and on social welfare a person on WhatsApp asking this particular question for for social welfare and there has been so many changes over the last number of months in relation to welfare Uh, this person says I have been talking to the social welfare just now three weeks ago I sent in an illness benefit form to them I phoned them this morning to find out if I will be getting any money I was told that I would not be getting anything so I asked if I would get the Covid payment and no I am not entitled to that either I do work part time hours but it seems I can't get anything I had to tell the person on the phone in social welfare that I have an underlying illness but that doesn't make a difference I thought the government said that everyone is entitled to payment if they are out of work, whether it be from the virus or not. Uh, This is just disgraceful, says this particular person on WhatsApp. Are others in that situation who this person has filled out the social welfare form, the illness benefit form, uh, but isn't entitled to anything? It could be due to part-time hours. I'm not too sure when you mention part-time hours, how many hours in total you're working a week. Uh, is that 15 hours? Is it 30 hours? I'm not too sure uh, how many hours a week when you say part-time hours, but uh, is that the reason? Have others been in that situation? Let us know. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103 or phone 1850-333-103. And staying with those particular issues, a texter here wondering, has the pension age changed as I am going to be 66 years next February? And at the stands, I know it was supposed to be 67 was it changed back? Do you know? Well, on this, it's still an ongoing issue, but changes to the qualifying age for the state pensions was mentioned, uh, of course, at the start of this particular year. The current qualifying age for all state pensions is 66. Now, an increase to 67 in 2021 and then to 68 in 2028 was planned. However, under the programme for governments this year, a commission for pensions will be set up to examine sustainability and eligibility on issues with state pensions and the social insurance funds. So 
So until the report of this commission has been completed and the government then decides on its recommendations, the state pension will remain at 66 and the proposed increase to 67 uh, will be deferred. So at the moment, and that information has come when we contacted Citizens Information this morning for you on that. So for the moment, it looks like it is remaining at 66. You should be okay unless something happens next month. Uh, unless they make some announcement in the budget or anything like that. But for the moment, it does look like it will remain at 66. And a lot of that was in the programme for government. It was discussed at length before uh, the current government was set up. Uh, Some would say it was something that was stalling, one of the issues that was stalling the government from being set up. But anyhow, uh, the, the particular state pension it seems anyhow for now will remain at 66 so that's the, the news for you on that but it is something to keep an eye on over the next year or so and yesterday we were speaking with a councillor Karen Coakley who raised a motion at the council meeting in County Hall on Monday to bring basically bring back the man with the shovel to clear the drains clear the culverts clear the dikes and all of that and that it might ease the situation when it comes to flooding and the flooding we have seen over the last number of days and weeks in various areas of Cork County well if person on WhatsApp here is saying I got a big surprise yesterday after your discussion I was on a local road in the Timaleague and Barry Row area and I saw a council man out with his shovel cleaning the drains on the side of the road so well done to that particular council person in the Timaleague Barry Row area out with his shovel cleaning the drains something that was spoken about yesterday something that people want to see back and it is back in that particular area anyhow of Cork in Timaleague and Barry Row and if we can help out this particular person here Uh, because they want to know, do you know of any school or indeed a charity that is collecting used postal stamps? So any school out there or indeed any charity at the moment that is collecting used postal stamps? I know in the past there was uh, charities and there was schools and local organisations that were doing this. Are they still doing this? Is it something that schools and charities still do? If you do do it, uh, somebody wants to know. So let us know. Uh, Text or WhatsApp 0862103103 or call Bernier Sadie 1850 On the way, we are going to speak with uh, people in the Fermoy area. It's an issue that has been raised by uh, Councillor Franco Flynn and it's how so many students in that particular area this year have lost out, like other areas, but they've lost out on a seat on the school bus. They always had a seat but they've lost out. We'll discuss that next. C103 Jobs. And on today's Job Spot, we have opportunities for the Kinsale Hotel and Spa. They're recruiting staff for all departments, including reception, accommodation, spa, kitchen and waiting staff. You can check out the full list of vacancies on c103.ie. An experienced bar staffer wanted to work 20 to 30 hours per week in the Mallow area. Contact 086-042-5991. And a hairdresser is required for Fridays and Saturdays in the Blarney area. You can call or text 086 086- 0637709 for further information. You'll find these jobs and more online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash job. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 And for the listener inquiring if there is a school or charity collecting used postal stamps, uh, one of those has come in from Meg who says the Little Way charity shop in Skull, they take used char- or used uh, stamps. Uh, so that's one shop. If we get more, uh, we'll bring them to you. But for those who are looking uh, for those places who are collecting used postal stamps, the Little Way charity shop 
in Skull uh, does that. 1850-333-103. Our lines are open. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Now, we got calls over the last number of weeks from uh, parents and students who've lost out on their places on the school buses. Now, the issue is still affecting people in the Formoy area. Councillor Frank O'Flynn has raised the issue at County Hall on Monday. He joins me. Good morning to you, Frank. John Paul, good morning listeners. And Frank, it's something that is happening in other areas, as I've said. Just outline the students that you have heard from in your areas, because it seems to be the out areas, as it would be, are more affected by this. People living in the Kilworth, Ballyno, Ballyhooley areas, they had a seat last year, the year before, but no seat this year. It's a major problem every year, but this year it's gone far worse. And the number of parents and the, and the pupils that are concerned. Uh, you're talking about here. In Ireland, it's that there was up to 20 pupils who had no seats. Connor, Bellino, Cordless, there's up to eight pupils there at the moment. Your Patsy Kilbert, Glenworth, Glenville, up to 20 students. Chamberlain up to 15 students. So, uh, the bad areas at the moment would be Glenville, Kildine, and Chamberlain Moore, uh, and, and parts of Connor, Bellino. But it's widespread. I have one family even within five miles of Fomai. They're in the Fomai catchment area. They always had a bus. Always. She's going to leave in Saptisha and she still hasn't got a bus. It's an absolute disgrace. John Paul and listeners, the parents out there and the, and the pupils, the upset, the stress that it's causing. We know the presence of, the, of COVID. COVID is not the cause of this because they haven't even gone down the road yet of reducing the numbers on the buses. And this is a crisis that we're reaching every year. Last year I flagged it I asked the department to put in a planned programme. They know the numbers every year from the, the, from, the sec, from the primary schools that are going to be looking for buses. We knew that this year would be a crunch year. We flagged it for Shamblemore, especially, and in Kildinan, and then with the number of pupils that come on board. And it's not good enough, because education and is a right, a basic right, and accessibility. Your parents at the moment who are working shift work, uh, they're farming, they're, they're one going walking in one area, the other going, and it's next to impossible. I have one parent at the moment rang me last night crying. She has to drive her daughter to Watergast Hill to get the, 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 the bus from Watergast Hill to Fomai. And the, the, the husband then has to come on in the evening. She comes from Fomai back to Watergast Hill and collect her. It's not good enough. And I'm asking on the government, I called in the T-shirt last Monday, I've done it, I've called in the Minister of Education and Transport. This has to be solved. And John Paul, there is a solution there. Because never before was there so many buses. The bus operator says, because there's no line of trips, there's no day tours, there's no community trips, so there's ample buses there. And a simple solution in my own area would be to increase the buses in two areas, like in, Cham- in Chamblemore and in Lambert, go from 33 to 53 buses, put in an extra bus in, in, uh, in, in Glenville, and increase a, a smaller bus in the other areas. So it's a simple thing. Small money would solve it, and it's very important because for education and for the right to education, and the most important thing, as I said, accessibility. So your parents at the moment and you have the pupils, they're upset, they're stressed, and I never saw so many people upset. And another thing, John Paul, we have now some students and some pupils who got passes and got tickets, and they were told to hand them back. Then we had other pupils, parents, and they were told to reapply and spend another 350. They already had, had applied first day. They were on the system, but they, were, they got an email out to tell them to reapply. So I'm asking, what is happening? We have to solve the situation this year, and for long term, 
a proper planned programme has to be put in place. Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a mess, especially in the Fermoy area. Frank, you mentioned there about that it's nothing to do with COVID. One of the reasons I bring that up is because many in other areas feel the buses are still full and they were calling and the bus networks were saying the reason why some are losing out is because they can't put everybody on the one bus. They're going to have to social distance. You maintain that's not happening, so they can use that excuse. So if that's the reason, Frank, are we looking at something that we discussed over 15 years ago that this would be a problem more people were buying houses outside of the big towns because they couldn't afford them. Uh, properties were the, and, and developments were popping up in the likes of those you mentioned in Glenville, in Ballyhooley, in Kilworth. Those babies are now students in those secondary schools. Is that the reason the demand has increased so much so that it's having a knock-on effect when it comes to those particular school places and that's why families are losing out? Had they not future plans? Well, just one of the, we all know the number of plannings in the different areas. We all know, but we're asking people to, li- to, to live locally and, uh, and, and we're asking them now to stay local and shop local. And most people we know, if we want, they, when they get married, they want to live in their area where they were born, raised and went to school and where they're working from. And it's only natural. And we know the numbers are there. We know the issues that are there. At the moment, as you said, it's, a, it's an absolute shambles. And we know the problems are there for a number of years. But the, the present government and future governments are not solving it. No, I'm not going to blame anyone. To, well, we decided last month to write to the Taoiseach, write to the, uh, the Minister for Transport and to Bus Aaron, and also uh, the Mayor proposed that we would invite down the Minister of uh, Education, Norma Foley, to Cork, to Cork County Council because there's such a, a problem for all of Cork County. We have to solve it immediately for the pupils and for the parents. The parents said to me they can do it maybe for a week or two weeks to drive their kids or drive their pupils into, into the schools in, in Fermoy and, and Mitchellstown. But they cannot continue doing this because they have jobs to do as well. Some are working shifts, some are working in different areas and they're working different times. Yeah, and it if puts it, pressure on them as well trying to get to and from work. If a child, for the last four or five years, the pupil, now I have three or four or five of them going into leaving cert. They always had a bus ticket. They always had a pass. They always had a seat in the bus. And this year, for no reason whatsoever, how did they actually lose out? Because they're actually in, I wouldn't find the in the kitchen there actually in for my, and they're still as late as last night, John Paul. They haven't yet got a ticket. It's not good enough. As I said there, the simple, the solution is simple. The operators tell me they've ample buses. It's a matter of increasing the buses, the sizes in Shamlamore and the Lambert area would cover quite a lot of area like Kildallery from 33 to 53. I got the area in fairness to the inspector and he's walking beyond the, beyond the call of duty. He says to me, Frank, the present situation is an absolute disgrace. It's a shambles. It's, and he said, it's not flexible. There's no such thing as black and white. And the inspectors, I feel, should have far more discretion much earlier in the year. Other years we normally start with the 4th, 5th or 6th of, of September. But this year now we're going into the 3rd and 4th weeks of September and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm calling the Minister, I'm calling Boss Aaron to solve the present situation, but for future years, put a long-term project, a planned project in place that we know exactly that children and parents, you're talking about people, they apply early, they pay their money. Like the family who paid 350 John Paul, and they were asked again last week by email to send in another application and pay another 350 what And what mean? happened to the first 350 they paid? No one knows. No one knows. And then we have some parents who actually got tickets for their pupils, for their sons and daughters, and they were actually asked to hand them back. They always said, Frank, we always had tickets. We were always in the bus. How come all of a sudden the problem now? And especially if, if children who are their third, fourth, fifth, 
no going to leave himself. Yeah, this and they always had a seat and now the seat is gone. But this 350 lark, I mean, why all of a sudden are they looking for more 350 euros we, if they've we, got it already? Surely if they have it, where has that gone? It, and if they are supposed to reply, fine, if there's been a mess and yeah. Boss Aaron are going, look, we have to reapply again. Don't ask for another 350 euros. That would make pure common sense. If they have to reapply again and solve the issue, why are they looking for another 350? Absolutely crazy. They have to answer. And the other thing is, why issue tickets to some pupils and then ask for them back? Yeah. If so, if it's okay, they applied for them first day in good faith. They got them. They paid for them. And then when they got them, they were asked to hand them back. Does that mean that they're going to come off the bus and, and add to the list already? That's not, that's not. Now, in some cases, it's, I know there's room in some of the buses, I'm told, by some of the parents. There's actually room in it. Now, at the moment, for the last, uh, say, from the 1st of September this year, John Paul and listeners, the parents are driving in and out and they're accommodated. Now, they're looking up in some cases, the sons, their sons who are, and daughters who are actually going to third level, they're not yet started. So and we have another problem, though, I know I came up in the last few days, is the driver testing. You have a lot of cases now where the son or daughter would actually, for yeah. the last year, would actually have a, 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 a provisional driving license. But because of the present rules and to, sorry, and to, and to street, their father or mother or brother who have, who have a, a driving test, whereas a full license would have to accompany them. Now, if they actually could have done their test, they could actually have driven in and out to the or driven out to Mitchell So you have two issues there. But the major one is this. There is a solution there. Provide... Increase the size of the buses, as I said, especially in the Shamble Moor, Landmort, parts of that year, and, and put on an extra bus in Linville, and you're talking about two or three extra buses. The bus operators are talking to different areas. They can solve it. They have the, the capacity, because we're lucky this year. But how did the drivers, Frank, if they have the capacity, I know Bus Aaron's mentioned to us on a different area of Cork over the last few weeks that they had the buses, they were social distancing the students due to COVID, but while they had buses, they had no drivers and they were recruiting drivers. Is that another issue? Maybe the, the buses are there, the maybe they don't have the drivers. We are told that's a problem in some areas, but I, I, I personally feel if all those buses were operating, like often if a liner comes in, to, a cruise liner comes into Cove, you'll be talking about 30, 35 buses. But if they can put 30, 35 buses there, there's definitely drivers. And the operators are telling me those buses now are not be are not used and not yeah. needed. Also, communities do, do a lot of to, uh, day trips. There's no day trips. There's, there's like often every parish around here would normally send one or two buses a year up to knock. That that is not now happening this year. So I definitely feel that the tour operators they they have the buses. It's a matter of bus Aaron and the government making a decision to put in the extra, increase the size of them in some areas, go from a 33 to 53 bus and put in a smaller bus in other areas and an extra bus in the Linville Kildinan area. That would solve the situation. I, at the end of the day, more than likely, I hope they would. I'm calling the TDs and on the ministers. We have to solve this because education, as I said, is a right. The leaving self, the students are that in one way. The parents who are upset and worried at the moment, I never saw so, so much stress. They have other problems. They have other issues. As one person said to me, COVID is bad enough, but the transport is far worse. So at the shambles that it is at the moment and the major issue, we have to solve it and we have to solve it this year. Yeah, but and you make a good point. If the drivers are there, Frank, they have the licences to drive. So if they are there, they should be available to drive on those extra buses that they say they have. You mentioned there about the Education Minister, Norma Foley, and what you have asked for her uh, to get involved in this here in Cork or even meet yourselves uh, with Cork County Council. If that it does go ahead, the bigger issue here outside of COVID is to look at the areas which you mentioned uh, the fact that there was developments there over the years, look at the future planning and that needs to be addressed in the future for more areas over the last five years that have seen growth so this doesn't happen in five or six years time again because this was mentioned about 11 or 12 years ago 
that you have families who were starting off who had babies those babies as I mentioned are now teenagers uh, th- that, that's another big factor there's lack of future planning Oh completely and as I said we know the numbers in the primary school yeah, we we know that. But why haven't they done that? I mean, you know the numbers, but why haven't they looked into that? Why haven't they have future plans? More than likely, I tell you, one computer in some office is not talking to the other computer. Mm. There should be a planned program there. We know at this stage how many are going to last year in the final year in the primary schools. So we know the different numbers. And 100 percent of pupils now who got to primary school are going to are going to secondary school. We know the areas in the, in our own area here. The major schools are in Fermoy and in Mitchellstown. So it should be very very easy to make it out. They apply in early June July for the tickets. So they know how many tickets is there. They know the bus operators is there, and it's only a matter of sitting down. Uh, in, in once early August and planning out the different number of buses that's needed. Like, I, I, I can solve the situation in, in the three areas, the major areas, mm. increase the size of the existing buses, go from a top to three seats up to 53 and put an extra bus on in the Kildine and Linville area. That's, anyone could think, easy out, simple out, and the operator said, tell me that they can put in the buses, they have them, and we'll, 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 and we'll also get the drivers. So, and we have to solve it, and it has to be solved straight away. But long term, it also has to be solved. So we have to have a planned programme in place that they know exactly what is coming up. They know the numbers, as I said, from the primary schools. They know from the parents who apply. They know the different schools that they're going to, whether they're going to Fumaya or Mitchellstown. So it is common sense. It's a matter of people sitting down, putting their heads together and putting a planned programme in place. Well, we'll wait and see what happens, Frank. As you mentioned, it is common sense. And let us know how you go with that and what the Education Minister says and indeed what Bus Aaron say. And also, I'd be interested to know what happens to those people who have been asked again uh, to reapply and asked to fork out another €350. If you have any information on that, get back to us, Frank. Or indeed, if you're listening and you're one of those parents who have to uh, go along and fork out more money, why are they asking for more money? And where did the original uh, €350 go? We'll have to figure out uh, the answers to that as well for the moment. Frank, though, thank Thanks for joining us this Thank morning you, on that Lord. issue. Uh, that is Councillor Franco Flynn there from the Fermoy area. I mean, are you in that area? Is, is that affecting you and that issue of paying out 350 and then uh, told to reapply again and pay more money? Oh, like, what's that all about? Anyhow, uh, your views are welcome. 1850-333-103 if you were affected by that in that area or indeed any other area. Uh, or, or you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Our Garda file is next. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And now time for our Garda file this week on Join by Sergeant John Kelly from Fermoy Garda Station. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, John Paul. Thank and first of all, me. we're starting with fraud and we've got a lot of calls and texts over the last week again on various scams that are coming through from text messages and banks. But this is something from last Thursday, John, involving a business scam. Yeah, and I suppose it's something, it's really a general kind of a thing for businesses to look out for. And I give it out really as a warning more than anything else. Um, and it would appear um, a business in North Cork, they received an email. The email uh, appeared to come from a company that they already do business with. So it would probably appear that their own email uh, was hacked and that uh, they, they would have discovered a client list probably and the type of emails that they'd normally get. But three different transactions were made anyway. Um uh, to the company that uh, the legitimate company thought they were doing business with, and altogether, you, you know, a five-figure sum changed hands. You know, um, it's a lot of money. It, yeah, we're seeing it more and more. 
um, and and to look at every form of different scams. Um, definitely, you know, online scams, text scams. You know, they're going more and more. Now, this is uh, this is a invoice redirection scam. You know, where the money is is sent. Um, uh, by a legitimate company to a company that they believe they are doing business with. But um, uh, the email, as I said, has been hacked and uh, different uh, banking things are given, you know, uh, bank contact details. So, uh, you know, I just say to anybody, um, in the case of uh, emails appearing from legitimate company, just make sure that they check with the company orally by phone um, to make sure that, uh, you know, it is genuine. You know, you need to, need to be checking everything. Just to verify um, it for like your that. own sake first, just in verify. case, be like that company, a five-figure, it's a lot of money for any company nowadays, especially with everything going on with businesses. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a case of verify, 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 you know. Um, the next thing is uh, something that's still cropping up. Uh, we've had two or three incidents of it in the last uh, fortnight, and you can replicate that again around the country. Um it has been mentioned very much by Bank of Ireland themselves. It's also been mentioned by all the um, the, the media. Uh, basically, uh, people receiving text messages purporting to come from Bank of Ireland, you know, with a link to verify details. You know, uh, this injured party in the incident there last uh, Wednesday week went into the link and entered bank account details. Um, basically, uh, you know, there was a about 2,000 changed hands in that, you know. Now, the the common denominator um, with some of those ones, um, and I've received those texts myself, is they seem to be coming in on, don't ask me how they do it electronically, but I know I've received a couple myself, and they came in on a trade, on a legitimate uh, trade uh, with genuine texts that I had received from Bank of Ireland, you know, but the, the scammers are able to, able for, don't know how to do it, to come in on uh, a legitimate thread. So some people would, you know, think that maybe this had come from the bank. But, you know, the, 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 over the years, uh, both that bank and other banks have, have basically said, look, we are not going to um, ask any customer to update or provide online banking information, either by email or text, you know. So, again, just to reinforce that message, no bank out there is going to ask you to update or provide online banking information. Now, I know the one I got was a variation of it, because in it it said, um, as I said, it came in use code number uh, six, uh, digit code number two, continue with your application. I had no application, you know, uh, with just thanks, BOI, you know. So for people, it's again, they just changed a little bit the wording of the scam and how to do it, you know. Yeah, beware. Um, and also the website link they give is very clearly not an official Bank of Ireland absolutely. or AIB site. You'll notice the fact that it says boi-bank.com. You'll, you'll just check check the actual official site of the bank as well if you're very wary over it. But right, as you said, they I, won't I, approach I mean, you like that. Go anyway. on to the bank. Go, you know, if you anything you want to check the bank, well, go on, uh, ignore any email, don't go through on a link, just log in independently, you know, and get on uh, to your own... Um, if you do online banking, get on, not through a link provided in the email, not through anything in the text, log on independently on, on your iPad or your uh, desktop. Uh, and the, the person that was caught, John, was that in the Cork area? Yes. Oh, a couple of people have been caught in the Cork area in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks, you know. Um, and just for people, it's, look, it's still happening. They will vary it a little bit. Um, 
but it's something there has been uh, a lot of publicity about in the last uh, couple months or two, but unfortunately people are still being caught with it, you know. Um, okay, so beware of that of, for those particular scams. I know there was one yesterday for AIB as well, so just a word of warning if they are, people are being caught in the Cork area, just put the message out there, tell your friends in case that they're not aware of that. You want to move yeah. on to a house break and John, yeah, this is in the Ballyclaw area. In the Ballyclaw area. Uh, just to give an idea, you know, uh, house breakings, um, they're still occurring. Um, this was on Wednesday week. Uh, in this case, the entry was gained to property. Four males travelling together, right? Now they were travelling travelling in a silver seat Leon, which had suspected false red cliff. So I'd, I'd say to people, look, if you see a fast-looking car in the area, you know, uh, a number of them recently tended to be silver to kind of blend in. I think maybe that's the reason that they're bought you know, that criminal gangs are buying them. They kind of blend into the background a lot easier. Um, but in this case, three or four males inside in the car, you know. I, again, people, during COVID lockdown, people were very good at ringing, ringing us in. If you see anything suspicious in the area, don't think you're wasting our time. Just give us a ring in. Um, three or four males, uh, again, normally size of the team, you know, that might be travelling together in, in a, a good, fast car, maybe, Sometimes seven-year-old, eight-year-old, a lot of the time they're bought um, off of done deal and uh, they put false rage plates onto them, you know. So just as servers are reminded to people, you know, keep the phone calls coming in. You're not wasting our time and at least we'll know um, where to concentrate our own resources uh, if, if we believe there's something suspicious happening in an area. Um, finally, two things I'd just like to mention. We're coming into the winter months again. Um, I'm quite sure some areas, uh, you know, have a scourge with lamping. Uh, you know, by fellas going out late at night, you, you know, they're causing unnecessary uh, worry to people out of country. You know, they're go, going in, uh, searching for, uh, you know, going after rabbits, going after hares, they're breaking ditches, they're cutting fences. Um, but sometimes, as well, some of those uh, gangs that are at it, um, you know, it's not all innocent. You know, there are some of them and they're involved in scouting places, you know, and if guards come out or they say they're just lamping. So please, you know, if you come across um, fellas, you, you know, at night, don't be afraid to give us uh, reg numbers, cars, you know, come into us. Um, in some cases where it was particularly bad over the years, successful prosecutions uh, were, were brought under the Wildlife Act. There is a provision there under the Wildlife Act to prosecute, you know, and it was done successfully, you know, in the Middleton District going back a couple of years ago. Um, so just the final thing I just want to mention, bicycle theft prevention. You know, most bikes now, uh, you know, are anything from 500 up in uh, in, in price. You know, some bikes, uh, you know, very good quality bikes, two, 3,000, you know, uh, um, in value. Now, almost... Um, Six, six and a half thousand bikes were stolen last year in Ireland. Huge amount, you know. Twice as many bikes are stolen in summer than in winter. But uh, cycling has got way more popular, uh, you know, during the lockdown and, you know, the, over, over the whole summer. Um, greenways are expanding throughout the country. You see the Watford Greenway. You see work is progressing on the Middleton Yall Greenway. So you can expect that to continue. But unfortunately, you know, for something that has cost so much money, uh, almost 80% of the bike owners last year were unable to provide their bicycle frame or their serial number to guards when they reported their bike had stolen. Hard to believe when you think, you know, how expensive a bike is. And also hard to believe when, uh, you know, everyone has a phone inside in the pocket, a camera phone, that they can just take a quick picture of the, of the serial number, uh, you know, and of the bike itself, you know, that at least we have something to go on. 
um, and also for people to remember that you know if you're after spending if you're after spending a thousand uh, uh, you know on a bike or maybe two thousand on a bike you know really the advice is to uh, expect to spend about 10 to 20 percent of the value of the bike on a good quality U lock or cable lock, you know, and you lock it in an area where um, there's maybe good CCTV or else a very, very public area, you know, and and just for people to, you, you know, report report the tips as well, you know. Yeah, and that serial number, as you say, is important. So when you get a bike, a new bike, make sure you have that. And again, on your phone or a picture or whatever, it does make a difference when people are reporting them. And we, we've been aware of that over the years where they have got bikes recovered because they've got the actual number. Anyhow, John, for the moment, thank you for that information. Thank you, John Paul. And we'll chat to you again next week. That is Sergeant John Kelly there uh, joining us with this week's Garda File from Fermoy Garda Station. And let's go back, first of all, to the issue of driving and the cost of driving increasing and people wary about going to electric because of the infrastructure. But before I get to all of that, it's a WhatsApp in, a lengthy WhatsApp in by a person who doesn't want their name or their GA club mentioned, but wants to get listeners' views on this. So... Uh, without mentioning where the person is uh, and it's with the changes that are coming down the line for level two with COVID-19 and the various change in restrictions for the Cork area uh, this person is saying why I want to keep my club out of it we are playing a county championship match within the next few weeks the attendance allowed as per government guidelines is 100 this figure does not include players management match officials or hosting club personnel. If one would let their imagination run away with them, that would mean both participating clubs would get 50 tickets each. However, that is not the case. Our club are getting 25 tickets. This is where I think all reasoning goes out the window. I believe that season ticket holders, regardless of which club they come from, get first choice. This means that family members are deprived of seeing their son brother or father play. This also means that all club officers may not get the chance to support their club. It means that those who buy, who sell club lotto tickets week after week can't go. Those who buy our lotto tickets themselves, those ordinary people who go around and and, and look for where they're for sale and buy them, they can't go. Those who stand at gates taking gate receipts, they can't go. And those who buy the cork board draw tickets every year to help out our county and who were in serious financial debt those people can't go so this whatsapper is asking where is the common sense in all of this Cork County Board should be grateful says this person that clubs have put themselves on the line by fielding teams and risking getting COVID-19 yet it's thrown in their face that's not gratitude I suggest that season ticket holders are only accommodated if there are any returns from the clubs what do your listeners think of this? And maybe what do the county board think of this as well? Says that particular person on WhatsApp to 0862103103. Do you agree with that particular person on his views on upcoming matches? Uh, this person's club is involved in a few weeks' time uh, playing the county championship. Uh, Bush has concerns over uh, those people who would be with the club all down through the years may not now get to see the actual match uh, and a lot of people would have family playing in those particular games they can't see their brother their son their cousin or whoever playing uh, your views are welcome 1850 333 103 text or WhatsApp 0862103103 we were discussing scams there with Sergeant John Kelly from, from my Garda station on our Garda file this week and people 
and a sad story that people in Cork are getting caught with these particular tech scams we're hearing about that we warn people day in day out uh, but still people are getting caught one uh, particular situation that John mentioned was a person losing out on over 2,000 euros to these particular scam artists because they got a text claiming to be from Bank of Ireland they clicked on the link on that particular text and then lost out uh, on over €2,000. Well, on that, uh, Olive from Donrell says, just to let you know, I've received a text this morning claiming to be from AIB Bank, saying my online banking has been frozen, but I don't bank with AIB, uh, says Olive in Donrell. So beware of that. While we mentioned Bank of Ireland, AIB, I know we got calls yesterday as well. Uh, There are scams going around from AIB on text and indeed on phone as well. So beware of those because uh, people have got caught in the last week only here in the Cork area. and another scam that a person has texted about and is warning people to beware of. And I don't know where you've ordered your free sample, but this person says I did order a free sample of a skincare product. Now, I paid about eight euro in postage. I got the product and now a month later, 253 euro has been taken from my bank account. So I did contact my bank who now blocked any future payment being taken. They did say when you give your bank details this can be done but they should be able to stop this and get the money back and usually you might have to fill out a form or speak to the bank and they try and get the money back for you. I say try because it doesn't work out all the time but I would like to know where you went along and and where you found that particular website. What the website you uh, you got the free sample is the, the, the reason we asked this this came up before on the show and a similar thing happened to a listener but they clicked on a link on Facebook and it was I think down the side of Facebook or a link in the middle of their news feed on Facebook and the exact same thing happened it was to click here to, to look at this particular skincare product which uh, this particular, particular person was having an issue with their skin uh, for, for obviously face I think it was at the time they were having an issue with their face uh, they thought the skin product would help them they clicked on the link and then they ended up getting caught like what you were saying there. So I'd be just wondering where you actually purchased the product and uh, that product you purchased, was it a, a, a company we all know or was it just a company that was on Facebook and you saw the link, you clicked on it, you thought it was genuine, but maybe it wasn't genuine. So uh, interesting to see where or what was the company uh, that you came across or you purchased that particular product from let us know that because I know people in the past have purchased via a link on Facebook and that has happened to them Uh, but thank you for your text and warning people that that can happen uh, when you do purchase a product like that listener has and then gave her bank details a month later and still going on they were taking money out of her bank accounts to be aware of that and staying with those type of issues Michael in Boherbui says that there is a small black car going around at the moment it's in the Boherbui Canturk and the Bantir area but Michael's worry is you can hear dogs in the boot of the car and considering what we're hearing over the last number of months with people contacting us and the Gardaí saying that there's guys in and around the area looking or trying to take dogs from a home. He is worried that this could be the situation 
in that area this morning. Bohrbui can Turk and Bantir. here. Michael, I presume there in Bohrbui you did ring your local Garda station and reported that to them. Uh, Bernie asked you about the number of the car. You didn't get the number, uh, but still, hopefully, uh, maybe you did contact the local Garda station and they might be on the lookout. But thank you for your call. A warning to those people in that area of North Cork. And on the situation with the buses and the school buses and how we have an area of Fermoy where people have lost out, particularly those in the Kilworth, in the Bally know in Glenville, Ballyhooley and those areas who are travelling to Fermoy for secondary school and they find themselves in a situation they have lost out on school seats, school bus seats from last year. They had a seat last year, they've lost out on their seat this year. On that, a texter here is saying, in my opinion, the availability of school buses and drivers for same is due to drivers pay by CIE. Working two to three hours on school bus runs means about €12 an hour. Up to now, it was mostly over 65s or retirees from other professions drove school buses for private. Privately owned buses on tours or doing weekend work in normal times works out at approximately 40 hours weekly. So there's a big difference in your take home pay. Given the hours is that particular person, that could be the reason why they are finding it hard to recruit drivers if that is one of the reasons which we were given last week on the show and staying with cars and the cost of running cars and people who have diesel cars and feel that it's unfair now they're going to be challenged they did go along as per government advice and incentives a number of years ago bought diesel cheaper to run in the long term you're travelling further across the county so diesel suited them on that Mary in North Cork she has a diesel car she says it does not have any more emissions than petrol says Mary as they are using AdBlue fuel so Mary says her son he has a hybrid car and is not a bit happy with it it changes over the petrol or changes over from petrol to electric when he goes in the motorway so hybrids are not suitable for long journeys and there is nowhere to plug in electric cars and all our trucks are running on diesel so they can't possibly run on electric and how are we going to dispose then of all the electric batteries when they run out asked Mary in North Cork a lot of questions there and she's questioning the running of hybrid cars not too sure if anybody has a hybrid car how do you find them uh, Mary says on the motorway for her son anyhow it changes over from petrol to electric but would it not go back to petrol if the electric battery doesn't work or runs out uh, that it would go back to petrol then and you can rely on the petrol for the the rest of the journey. I presume that's that's what would happen. But anyhow, uh, thank you for your call, Mary in North Cork to 1850-333-103. And a texter in Bantry uh, says, as most of the car's emissions in its life occur during its manufacture, why would anyone try to get you to scrap a car and buy a new one for environmental reasons? I'm quite keen on environmental issues, says this particular texter, but never understand this particular reasoning. We have no buses to use here in where I live, except the occasional West Cork Rural Transport, says that texter on 0862103103. We mentioned pensions earlier on and somebody was inquiring about pensions and the age and uh, what was happening with that. Well, no changes yet, but it is under review still, but it's still remaining as was a 66. But uh, Tim and Yol Singh, with regards to that particular pension situation, there are 35,000 people who qualified for the pension in 2020, having reached the age of 65 years and should be in receipt of their pension. However, the government were elected on the back of this issue with a promise of changing this in 2021 to 66 years of age. So the government now 
now needs to comply with this promise and give these people their pension that they're entitled to having worked all of their lives says Tim in Yall on text to 0862103103 I think a lot of people would agree, would agree with you there on that particular issue when it comes to pensions Tim and we heard earlier from a texter who is out of work, um, did go and fill out the illness uh, benefit form, has been told she will not receive any money from social welfare. Uh, when she made a, a query, she was told she's just not getting the money, she's not entitled to COVID, she works part-time hours. We did ask, was it to do with the hours? Is that making a difference? And that person has come back to say no. Uh, they told me the difference in my hours I do, that makes no difference. I have enough stamps to claim and I don't know why I'm not getting any illness benefit. Well, on that, another person is, has the same situation and saying about that person uh, well it happened to me I got injured a while ago uh, while working and I was told that I didn't qualify for any payments because I only work five hours in the week it's absolutely ridiculous Uh, surely people even if they're only working a minimum amount of hours over a week should be entitled to something says that particular texter and on the issue of Covid and I know earlier on in the show we mentioned the fact that Dublin looks like it will be going to level three uh, next week It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it looks like it will. And we hear then about the cases that are rising in Dublin day in, day out. And we heard at Cork, I think it was seven cases we had yesterday in Cork. And this has been mentioned before. This text are saying, and think uh, instead of saying there's four outbreaks of COVID-19 in Cork and five in Kerry and all of that, could they not say there were outbreaks and where they actually are, where and what area they are in? So then we would all know when they say there's an outbreak in Cork, that could be anywhere. And Cork is such a big county. If I was walking down a town, it could be in any particular area error in that particular town. And if there was an outbreak, I could be in the middle of it. I would be a lot more careful if I knew where indeed the outbreaks were, uh, where the higher percentages or higher rates of COVID was. And I think other people would be the same. Uh, thank you for your text. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Even though we did raise that on the show before and some people did have mixed views. They felt that if you had an area that had more cases of COVID in Cork than another area, then the rest of the county might lower the guard and they felt it might work in the opposite direction. But uh, I think the majority, given what we have heard over the last few weeks from way of calls and texts, would agree with you they would like to know when they do come out and say that there is six, seven, eight, nine cases in Cork they would like to know exactly where they are in the Cork area and would you agree with that text or would you act more in a more careful manner uh, if you knew exactly where the cases were in Cork or some were saying then that would breach data protection but then you would be just saying a, a big area you wouldn't be giving an exact townland or an exact uh, street I would presume they'd give the actual area uh, of the city or indeed county anyhow your views on that uh, do you agree with that particular text or would you like to know exactly where those cases are in Cork uh, so you know then if you're worried about going out to avoid those areas as that text is saying 1850 lines open you can text or WhatsApp 0862 uh, earlier we had a text looking for where she could send used postage stamps to any schools or charities taking them. Uh, we've got a big reaction on this. I mentioned a, a number of places earlier in the show. Here's more from Mary who says, I recently sent a load of used postage stamps to St. Martin's in Dublin. They'd love to receive them. Uh, thank you, Mary, for that. And also uh, a texter here is saying the Sacred Heart, St. Raphael's Road in Stillorgan in County Dublin 
and they do great work and they do collect EU stamps if you send it in to the person is Sister Maria they do mission work so address it to the uh, Sacred Heart St. Raphael's Road in Stalorgan in County Dublin uh, and they do take EU stamps there thank you for that and another Mary saying our family have collected stamps for the last number of years leaving one inch of paper around the stamp and send them off twice a year to the guide dogs in Cork it's free post and they are such a great organisation to support uh, says Mary thank you for your text Mary uh, on 0862 103 103 on the issue of EU stamps and a texter here asking about bingo uh, just wondering is there any driving bingo on anywhere in North Cork this weekend well you were in luck because as you text in another text arrived in and they are saying here that driving bingo is as usual in Teo Park that is near Mitchellstown and that's tonight at 7.30pm so 7.30pm tonight in Teo Park in Mitchellstown for driving bingo and they're asking you if you are going along to that to please wear your mask. The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council Supporting businesses Supporting communities Serving Cork Visit corkcoco.ie and Kildare Community Development they will hold their weekly lotto draw and that's taking place at 4 o'clock this afternoon in the Kildare Community Office and this week's jackpot is €2,500 Bandon Litter Pickup for World Cleanup Day that's taking place this Saturday it starts at 10am and it starts from Chemco Chemist near Kevin O'Leary's on the New Road in Bandon you're asked to please wear high-vis vests and all equipment will be provided and on this coming Sunday the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland is asking you to make every step count and register for its very first Alzheimer's Memory Walk. You can register for Let's Walk Together for Dementia at memorywalk.ie and start planning your route. A new market Penny Dinners collection that is going ahead in New Market GAA grounds on next Sunday, the 20th of September. It's running from 10am to 1pm. Items acceptable are cash, perishable goods and home baking. You're asked to support if you can. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And on the issue of people looking to know where they can send their used stamps, a uh, caller on earlier to, I'm not too sure, was it Bernie or Sadie they were on to? One of them, anyhow. Uh, it's Newmarket Post Office uh, takes them as well. So uh, a person has taken a bag up there themselves last week, and that was Mary on, and they've uh, sent them to Newmarket Post Office. So that could be handy for a more local area if you want them in the north. Cork area on the issue of matches and season ticket holders and why those involved in the club only should be maybe going along to see uh, those that they support play for that particular club following our WhatsApp earlier from the person whose club is involved in the county championship in the next few weeks Jim saying I think if a season ticket holder is a member of the club he should be allowed to apply for a ticket to go to the match uh, says Jim on that particular issue and on the issue of COVID cases and when they come out from Neffet and say uh, there's 11 cases in Cork or there's 6 cases in Cork and people asking could they not go into more detail and tell us where exactly in the Cork area are the cases well Tom in Formoy says yes I would love to be told where the COVID cases are if he knew there was an outbreak for example in Formoy then he would be able to protect himself when out and about he says data protection should not 
apply in this particular case. We should be able to protect ourselves, says Tom in Fermoy to 1850-333-103. And staying with that issue, a person here making a good point as well uh, on texting, if they can name the schools where there's been a COVID outbreak, surely then they can name the areas, says that particular texter, on scams. And earlier we had a person on WhatsApp who got caught for a scam whereby it was a skincare they were applying for. And when they clicked on the link, and gave the bank details for this particular skincare uh, product. The bank took out the money but kept taking out money and what should have been eight euros they was I think it was over 200 euros taken out of their particular bank account anyhow I was asking that particular person I wonder was it on Facebook you clicked and did you click a link on Facebook and that person has come back and said yeah that skin that skincare is a scam on Facebook they have certain celebrities I know Mary McCallaghan was one of the ones that really came out strong on this because they were using her face and saying that she had used it and all of this uh, but anyhow that person the bank has cancelled that so luckily you've got onto your bank and they've cancelled any money that could come out and you've uh, after getting in contact as well with the guards uh, hopefully on that to see if a refund can be sent back to you from the bank but beware of that there is I mean a lot of people that we get calls from here a lot of the calls wouldn't even make it to air we get so many of them are people who are clicking on links on Facebook and the worry is over the last number of months people are relying online and they are looking online further some people aren't Uh, technology aware or online aware and because of that they go on Facebook is the main one that people seem to get caught from they see an advert for something and they think that because it's on Facebook it's for real but I mean again this is going on and on for how many years Facebook really isn't regulated the way it should be and anybody can put on an advert or a link you click on that link that it could be genuine but it could also be a scam and that's where you have to be very very careful like that particular person on WhatsApp thankfully the bank have stopped them taking money out of your account but for some people they get caught so just be careful again if you were buying anything online make sure it's from a retailer you know of make sure the uh, you know the, the lock mark is up on the left hand side of the screen and just don't click on anything on Facebook because Anybody can say anything they want on Facebook. It isn't regulated the way uh, other areas of society are regulated. It should be, uh, but it isn't. So be aware of that. And thank you for your text on those particular scams to 1850 on phone or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Your pet questions, welcome. I just want to get through a few issues that have come up over the last week or so. First of all, uh, a lady and a few people have been on to us, but Helen was in touch and she was in the area of Tesco on the Park Road in Mallow over the last number of months at this stage she says and she feels there's an issue there with the public lighting and as the evenings are getting darker sooner she says some of the lights outside the Tesco store are not working and according to other callers they're saying that this leaves that area quite dark and They've noticed over the last while that people are gathering in this area and drinking near the store and due to the darkness people are just worried when they're leaving the store that further down the end of the car park they see people drinking and the lights are not being lit up. So uh, locals themselves in fairness did get onto uh, public lighting and that is run with SSE electricity but it seems that some of the lights are actually privately owned and SSE weren't able to deal with those particular lights because they weren't in the hands of public lighting. So many said they they have risen, like gone to Tesco, said it to them inside, but nothing has happened since. So uh, they asked, could we get on to Tesco? So we did. 
and I got onto Tesco yesterday afternoon and they have said thank you for flagging this issue a delighting issue is at our Mala store and they have now escalated the fault with our maintenance department uh, to have this fixed as soon as possible so hopefully over the next week the issue of the lack of lighting in the park road area of Mallow where Tesco is located and those lights that are I presume owned by the retail units Tesco or I'm not too sure who owns them but it seems that Tesco anyhow would have responsibility for some of those particular lights that they will sort that and hopefully it'll bring some brightness to that particular area of the car park in Tesco in Mallow. Thank you for your calls on that and thanks to Tesco for getting back to us and sorting that issue. Hopefully that will be sorted and also Following comments on Tuesday's programme, and this is in relation to Cork Airport, we have received the following statement from management at Cork Airport. It says, contrary to the impression given, Cork Airport is fully supported by its parent company, DAA. Cork Airport has grown its passenger numbers by 25% since 2015, making it Ireland's fastest growing airport during that period. It welcomed 2.6 million passengers last year, and prior to the arrival of COVID-19, it had been expected to grow traffic to 2.8 million passengers this year. Cork Airport is a standalone business within DAA and continues to receive the full support of its parent company. The COVID-19 crisis has had a catastrophic effect and impact on Cork Airport's finances and in pursuit of a level playing field with our other regional airports, Cork Airport has recently made a request to government for funding. Shannon, Knock, Kerry, Donegal and Waterford airports are all currently receiving direct funding from the state, but Cork gets no state funding. And that statement is from Cork Airport. Your pet questions are welcome. If you have a pet in your household that you do want or have a question for Jane, our resident vet, Jane joins us next. If you have a question for Jane, get that into us. You can call Bernie and Sadie now, 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp, 0862-103-103. Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket joins us. Or today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 103. And Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins us as usual on a Thursday afternoon. Afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. How are you keeping? I'm okay. And That's yourself? good. I'm fine. Thanks. Now, we've a lot of questions coming in here. I'm going to send what up with Tim in Mallow. And this is ahead of uh, Halloween, which is usually a time of the year where we get a lot of reports of dogs going missing and mainly it's due to fireworks. So here's Tim's question in Mallow. And a lot of people are in the same situation. Uh, they want to know, is there anything that can be given to a dog that's terrified of fireworks? He doesn't stop barking and pacing. Every night now in Mallow for the last few weeks, fireworks are being set off, says Tim. And Tim has heard that a thunder shirt might help. Can you help us? Yeah, there's some really interesting approach to this. I think fireworks and loud bangs are a problem that haunts us annually. Let's put it like that. I think first and foremost, the number one thing I'd say is in case there are any problems or let's say dogs running away um, from loud bangs and noises, uh, now is a good time to make sure you get your dogs uh, chipped so they're microchipped so that if they do run off, if there are any disasters, you're able to be reunited with them really easily. So that's a good thing to do at this time of year in advance of lots of fireworks happening. So make sure that's up to date. As regards general strategies for dealing with loud bangs, it's the same for, let's say, thunderstorms and fireworks, anything loud like that that might unsettle a dog or a cat. The main things are to try and make the environment in the house really secure, 
but also put some ambient kind of relaxing classical music, a little bit of ambient noise on in the background. And the family themselves should try and pretend that nothing exciting or scary is going on. So they really feed off our emotions as well. So if we're stressed out, that the dog is stressed out, they think that we're really worried and they should be really worried. So try and keep everybody really calm. Make sure that they have an area in the house that's almost like their little den, somewhere really nice and quiet and cosy that they can scuttle off to and ride out the the loud bangs and just have some chill time. As regards kind of more robust strategies for dealing with it, thunder shirts are a really, really, really interesting one. So thunder shirts are like a tight little t-shirt that fits around the upper torso of the dog. And it's kind of along the same principles of swaddling a baby. So it's a little bit of pressure. Um, around the chest and it's kind of like having a big hug essentially the idea is that it releases happy hormone serotonin and makes us feel a, a little bit more relaxed the evidence base behind this is a little bit limited at the moment because they're quite a new product however anecdotally i know that some clients have used them and have really great results others it doesn't seem to make a huge difference i think the really important thing is to try a few strategies and see what works for your dog very much like humans they're all different um, other things you can do are their pheromone plug-ins or pheromone collars, which is, uh, let's say, a happy hormone. And for dogs in this instance, it will be the hormones and the scents that will be released when they will be suckling from their mum as a pup. So that's recreated as a, a little compound that can be plugged into the wall, very much like an air freshener, but it's not something we can smell. And it's just kind of releasing these happy hormones into the air and it tries to get them to, to chill out a little bit. Now, this is not something I'd suggest trying on a day where you're expecting fireworks. This is a long-term calming strategy. Other things that I would suggest if your dog is really, really worried about fireworks and they get themselves into a right tiz, is have a chat with your vet in advance of this time of year rocking around. I know as our, our listener is saying there's lots of fireworks going off already, but certainly let's say loud bangs and things like that would become a lot more prevalent towards the, the latter half of the year and that season. Um, and have a chat to them about whether there are any anti-anxiety medications that may be suitable for your dog and may be safe to prescribe. This is something that would definitely have to be done in conjunction with an experienced vet in this area and it would generally require a full consultation to discuss whether it was suitable and safe for your own dog. There are definitely things that can be done and I think the really important thing as this listener is highlighting is kind of thinking ahead and trying to figure out your strategy now so that you know you know what the plan is when the loud bang starts. Yeah, that it's not too late. And as they are happening, as Tim was saying in Mallow, in some areas of the county and in Mallow yeah. now, it's no harm to get talking and preventing that now because every year we get a, a swarm of calls in from people whose dogs gone missing, dogs are upset. So it's, it's a good time to discuss it now rather than later. And Esther's in Kilcully, Jane. Now, she is a four-year-old Labrador. He goes to the bark park to socialise with other dogs every week. Now, last week, her Labrador bit another dog, so he has been excluded from the bark park. Now, it was a huge surprise as he's a very quiet dog. He had been sick for a few days and the vet said that he was fine, but this was the day before the incident. Uh, would Jane recommend dog training classes and the Bark Park by the way it's something like a, a doggy daycare kind of socialising centre for dogs okay yeah this is a really tricky one because I, I suppose like like every other human if you catch us on a bad moment we might we might say things we don't mean and, it, and in this case our dog may have have tried to show a, a show of aggression that may have been not necessarily typical for him if he's usually a very quiet and a calm dog so usually there's something underlying that um, whether it be pain, illness or a change of environment. Um, so just think about what, what was different around that time and, and certainly if he's been feeling maybe a little bit unwell, he might have just been, been like ourselves if we have a, a cold or a flu or a 
tummy bug, we might just be feeling a little bit more irritable than usual. So usual social interaction just may not have been, he just might not have wanted to, to play with the other dogs, let's say. Now, if there is underlying aggression there, certainly for the safety of everybody around him um, and, and let's say other, other dogs, other people, it's definitely best to tackle this kind of thing early because everybody needs to be kept safe. I think our, our listener has the right idea going for something like dog training and tackling this early and that kind of being able to notice the earlier signs of aggression before it accumulates and let's say trying to bite another dog is really, really important. What I would say, my words of wisdom, is speak to your local vet about who they have experience with in their local area. So the really important thing with speaking to a dog trainer or a behaviourist is that they're appropriately qualified. There's lots of advice out there, some good, some bad. I think it's just best to work with a professional in your area that's appropriately qualified so your vet will be able to to guide you if they have any experience or know of anybody locally who will be appropriately qualified to, to give you the best advice and give you the best chance of keeping everybody safe. Okay, well, best of luck with that, Esther. And Kathleen is in McCroom. She has a six-year-old Chihuahua. Uh, she is scratching a lot, has been to the vet who said it was her anal glands, which he treated, but she is still scratching all over a lot. Kathleen has changed her diet, shampooed her, but nothing seems to be helping her or working. Okay, yeah, this is a really frustrating one. I can totally, my heart goes out to you because I have one dog who has underlying skin issues and it breaks your heart when you see them itching and being very, very bothered. So it can be quite a distressing thing both for the pet and for you as the owner. What I would say is it sounds like you're doing all the right things, trying to think about, well, what what's changed or what could be affecting my dog to cause the problem. Certainly problems like anal glands can be really, really itching and itchy and irritated and sometimes they can, let's say, have an infection or be very full and you'll be working with your vet to deal with that problem. And certainly that can be a really key cause of itching and scratching in the rear end. But if the, the if the problem with the itching is more over all of the body, simple things first. Work with your vet and make sure that your parasite control for flea mites, lice, ticks, etc. is up to date. So that would be the simple common thing to rule out. But I really think the best thing to do would be um, not, not to lose faith. I know it's really, really frustrating, but go back to your vet for further advice because he will know your pet best and he'll also know what, what treatments have been given already and what things have been ruled in and ruled out. Tell him about your concerns. It sometimes helps to keep a little bit of an itching diary as well. Um, so if it's a longer term itch, issue, kind of figuring out, well, what signs of the day does he itch a little bit more? Is he itching every single day? Is he itching all of the time, every hour of the day? So just to be able to kind of quantify how 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 severe the problem is and speak to your vet about where you see him itching, if it's all over the body or if it's the back end, because location really, really helps us. The amount of itching is really important to convey to your vet as well, because as vets, we we, we to a certain extent, we can examine the patient and see what we can see, but a pet is never going to behave totally like they would at home in a, in a veterinary surgery environment. So we really rely on rely on, on you guys as owners to, to convey to us how much is the itching happening, how severe is it, um, because that's something that you guys will know best from being at home. So I think don't lose faith. We visit your vet, chat through the problem again, and I'm sure they'll be able to make a plan for diagnosis and treatment to, to get it uh, to get everything back on the right track again. Okay, and Jane is in Mallow. She's an old terrier mongrel and he is going downhill big time. He's lost weight. He's having trouble with his anal glands. He's finding it, or she's finding it hard to know uh, when to push him down because she doesn't want him to see him suffer and when is the best time uh, because uh, she feels he's going down uh, big time at the moment and she's just really worried about him. Oh, uh, this this is always a really sad, Isn't it heartbreaking in a way? 
yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Our our pets are part of the family in the end of the day, and it's and it's really really difficult to know when to make that decision. I've been there myself, so it's it's never simple, even when you're a vet. What I would say is what I normally say to my clients is when it's time to potentially consider letting them go when their bad days are outnumbering their good days. Okay. So with dogs and cats, they don't really have a perception of their length of their life, but they know what their quality of life is day to day. So they'd kind of live for the moment. It's, it's, it's a really good way to be, but we can see the overall picture for them. So have a little think, maybe even put, put a little bit of paper up on the fridge and, you know, every day, maybe mark, mark their quality of life for that day out of five. So five being absolutely fabulous, great day, had a great time, feeling great, and zero be feeling really, really miserable and not having a good day at all. And maybe do that for a week or two and you'll begin to see a trend forming as to, well, are they having more good days than bad days? Are they generally okay? Is it generally declining? And I really think this is a good point at which to consult with your own vet as well because they'll understand the health issues that are going on in the background. And if there is anything that could be done to improve quality of life, to manage those conditions better for your little dog, to make make him feel better um, and potentially improve the quality of life, at, at least for the meantime. So speak to your own vet because they'll be aware of the full situation. But just kind of consider to yourself, well, are, are our bad days outnumbering our good days? And is there anything we can do to improve the number of good days we have? And I think it's it's really difficult as a decision, but as a as a responsible owner, you're doing the right thing considering, well, is, is this fair to my pet? So well done. Yeah, and best of luck with that, Jane, there in Mallow. Very yeah. briefly uh, for you, Jane, in under 20 seconds, if you can. This is from Bernadette. She wants to know if you're going to have a dog for a pet and maybe a bit of farm work, would a collie be the best dog for that? Potentially, but what I'd say is a collie requires a huge amount of mental and physical stimulation. So if it's going to be a super, super active farm dog, then potentially a collie, but otherwise it may not be the best breed if it's not going to be super active. Okay, well, Jane, thank you for that. And we'll chat to you again next Thursday on the show. That is Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. That's it. My thanks to Bernie Murphy and Sadie Madden working on the show today. Tomorrow on the show, Nathan Carter will join us as the music industry looks for more support following, of course, all the live gigs being cancelled due to COVID-19. We'll speak to Nathan. If you're in a similar position locally, in a more local level, let us know. You can email across the afternoon, jp at c103.ie. Also, we'll hear about culture tonight that and more tomorrow from 10am enjoy your Thursday afternoon I'm John Paul McNamara Normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company they supplement your primary plan helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods so when it comes to covering your medical bills you can feel good about being a little extra visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com upgrade.